it gets to a point where they've tinkered with this car so much that it's so fast that when they step on the gas, it twists the back of the chassis off and the damn car is useless anyway. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's David Allen. We're back with another edition of the podcast. And today I have a very special guest, someone I've had on my previous podcast, Takeover Tuesday. He's one of my favorite uh, entrepreneurs, and he's the hardcore closer, Ryan Stuman. How are you? Man, I am awesome. I am, uh, I'm glad to be back. I didn't realize that this was a different like podcast than the one that we were on together before. I think (laughs) YouTube deal though, right? Like it was mainly on YouTube. You were promoting it. That's right. That's right. So previously it was uh, myself and Carlos Redlick who were doing it and we had you on. Wait, that's, this is going to sound just going to, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it's really crazy. I did not realize that that was where I met Carlos. I actually just hired Carlos a couple of weeks ago. And so uh, like, that's, that's hilarious. I, I had no idea that this was where he came from. I, I remember you, obviously, because we spoke a lot. And he, I guess he didn't really talk that much. Well, that's Carlos, you're listening. Get to work, son. Get to work, <laughs> damn it. Here's my copy. Now, you've been busy uh, in the year that's intervened. Uh, you continue to build your, your empire. You have a new book out. I have not read this latest book. It's called uh, Fuck Your Excuses. And I just wanted to touch on, I, I was reading sort of a couple of the reviews uh, since I haven't read the actual book. And this, this review sort of jumped out at me. And it said, this book reminds me of a quote that kept me going while I was pledging my frat in undergrad. Excuses are tools of incompetence used to build monuments of nothingness. And those who shall use them shall, shall not amount to anything. Uh, which is a great review uh, for your book. <laughs> that's a great. I that just jumped out at me. Uh, so maybe let's. See, that's the difference between. That's the difference between a college education and me. I'm like, fuck your excuses. This person literally is prosperity and like all this. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, <laughs> straight out of the movies or something. So maybe talk a bit about your latest. I know you're fresh off a GKIC event that you just uh, talked about off the air, and uh, you got this new book that just jumped came out last month. Maybe talk about what that's about. Yeah, well, so the book, it, it's, it's, I haven't even promoted it that hard yet. That's how damn busy I've been. That's sad. I have like more stuff going out than I can keep up with sometimes. And, and that's a good thing because I finish things. A lot of entrepreneurs, I think they don't finish things. They get three quarters of the way through and they get like a hundred things going and they can never really launch one of them. And I'm kind of the opposite. Dude, I get a hundred things done. Then I got to figure out where the hell I'm going to launch all of them at. And <laughs> And so the, like the book being one of them that just kind of snuck in, honestly, and uh, I did a, it, it all started the, the way the book came about was I did a program uh, two years ago and it was, it was called a uh, killer mentality, right? It was just this whole uh, mindset training and, and, you know, just how to make it through the bullshit. It doesn't have anything to do with sales, which is usually my forte or really doesn't have anything to do with business either. It has to do with relationships and, and sometimes cutting ties and, and just the things that the, most people would give up on. And the, the book's pretty heavy shit, man. It's the, wow. the, uh, the longest book that I've ever written. And the, and the course was, uh, it was, I mean, there was hundreds of people that took the course that the book is based on. <clears throat> and th- those people still, and most of them had bought multiple programs from me. They still swear it's the best course that I've ever done. But 
we don't even sell it to the public. It was like a, a one time I wanted to record this stuff and uh, turn it into a book type of thing. And we just kind of let them listen in as we basically wrote the book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so anyway, it's uh, it's something different. So like, if you think you're going through a bad spot in life right now and you know, your audience being copywriters, y'all might read this book and go, holy trash, man, this guy needs some serious help. But Hey dude, it's just a, it's like a book from the heart, you know? And, and the thing is that, you know, I've gone through a lot of experiences, a lot of downsides in my life, a lot of rough times. And, and I have every, really every excuse in the book of why I should fold over just right now in the last 24 hours. I've, uh, you know, I found out I've been audited by the Texas Workforce Commission, which is just part of doing business, right? I right. got a, a little, I got taxed by the city to where, I, you know, I got to report a few extra things on a, on a permit that I got on one of my flip houses. Uh, I got some uh, legal issues that I'm trying to take care of uh, with the, with some stuff, man. It's like one thing after another uh, that, that's going on, you know what? But if I hadn't gone through all the stuff that I've gone through in the past, the things that I'm facing today would cause me to fold. And so, uh, that book is like, you know, basically like, like it says, man, fuck your excuses, how to pretty much overcome anything and especially upper limits. Cause you know, those of us that come from the bottom, uh, every time we get to the top, it's uncomfortable for us. And we really feel like we belong at the bottom and this is a way to like burst through that and stay up there. No, that's a great point. And I think, uh, you know, this is often brought up in these kind of situations the sort of the biggie smalls, more money, more problems kind of thing. And is that one of the things you've seen from working with, uh, other entrepreneurs that sort of holds them back? They start to fold under the pressure of, of the success that they're having. Yeah. And it's like, uh, let's say like I'm from the South, man, we got rednecks down here, right? Redneck can <laughs> hold of a 64 Camaro. He'll put a, a holly carbon. He'll put some Kreger wheels on it, some dual exhaust. He'll put a 454 drop an aftermarket transition transmission, a Hurst shifter, put a different steering wheel in there, switch out the AC for like, it just do all these things, put racing seats in them and everything else. And it gets to a point to where they've tinkered with this car so much that it's so fast that when they step on the gas, it twists the back of the chassis off and the damn car is useless anyway. <laughs> and entrepreneurs, they tend to do that with their business. Instead of getting it to a point to where it's fast as hell, it's running 11 second quarter miles. That's all you ever need. And just like, let it keep doing its thing. They keep thinking, well, how can we get it to do eight? Well, if you, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they're always pushing to, to that, that next level, but they, but they push to a point and they tinker with it to where it breaks it. And then what happens is that's oftentimes when entrepreneurs get excited because they're like, Ooh, I've got something to start messing with again. You know what I mean? Then the next thing you know, the rednecks out there with the damn flamethrower and a blowtorch trying to weld the chassis back on a car at three in the morning, all of his buddies are smoking meth in the back of their garage, <laughs> trying to talk about who's going to look out for the cops the next hour. Or you know what? The whole damn biker gang's taking over your neighborhood. You got fucking NASCAR in your front yard and shit. You got to put a stop to this stuff early guys. So you're advocating once you get up to a certain level, what seems to be what you do looking on from afar is that you seem to drive up a, a certain uh, income stream up to a certain level, kind of put it on autopilot and then you create another one. Yes. And well, what I damn sure don't do is, is, well, what I do is I double down on what we already have going. Once I get something up and going, instead of tweaking it, I just scale it. Right. right. So like, Hey, if we know we're going to convert it to 7%, instead of me tweaking it and, and being like, what if we get 9% and then the damn thing breaking and I can't even get back to 7% <laughs> just scale where we're at, you know, we right. just put more ad money in, we double down on the business. And so, uh, you know, last year, uh, I find, well, you know, this year, yeah. days, I'm filing taxes with four times the amount of income that I earned from the previous year. Wow. So it's 400% increase. And so because of that, I've been able to double down in my business. I've been able to scale it without breaking it. You right. know, we've had to make, we've had to make some moves. We had to break some of it in November because 
we were on a, a single product deal. So like we write a product, we launch it, we sell the product, we make money from it. The next month we got to start all over. And so right. now we're, we're, we're focused more on the residual side of things because we create so much content. It just makes more sense for everybody anyway. Uh, so we had to, we had to switch that thing over, but now we're to a point to where we got a few hundred people uh, on our, our, our membership site at, you know, 300 bucks a month, which is, uh, which is nice. And then we've got a good size, uh, personal coaching thing. And then, uh, now we're slowly bringing back one-off products, but just as like basically lead magnets, like cheaper lead magnets versus income streams. Right. Yeah. I remember reading your first book when we did the last interview, the, uh, I don't know if the second book was even out yet, but the first one that I read was uh, "Kick Ass: Take Names, Emails, and Phone Numbers." And I believe you give that book away now free on your on your website. But that book, um, I tell you, for people listening to this, they should go get that book immediately and opt in for Ryan Singh because that book alone is actually extremely powerful because it sort of lays out exactly how you started, just talking to other people, you know, on social media and so forth. Yeah, yeah, that was actually my very first book, man. Uh, kick ass tape. We still sell a bunch of them every day. with a name like that. How can you resist? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. It's got that. It's got that. As a copywriter, I, I, that's my, probably my favorite, just because it's got that uh, panache name to it. Now, for people out here who, I mean, we primarily have you know business owners and a bunch of freelance copywriters, and one of the things they constantly encounter, of course, are closing deals with people, and of course, that has a lot of mindset angles to it as well as what we're talking about right now. So maybe talk a bit about that, about when it comes to closing deals, because sales is like your forte, the sort of uh, way we get it, we get in our own way when we're trying to close these deals. Well, you know, um, I was just at the the Dan Kennedy copywriting or, or super conference, which is full of a bunch of copywriters. And uh, I think one of the things that, you know, it, well, let me ask you this first. Okay. Uh, what are you saying that more pertaining to copywriting as selling the product or copywriting as selling your services as a copywriter, selling your services as a copywriter was what I was referring to. Gotcha. Well, so, you know, one of the things and I'll, I'll tell you how I came about hiring Carlos. I mean, that would make sense, right? Yeah. Yep. That whole process. Uh, one of the main things is I saw that he did the, uh, the, some of the copy for Chris record when he uh, did the, the tech academic stuff. And I know that that went off really well. Now, Chris, is uh, obviously a, a more likable character than I am. So I'm <laughs> a, lot, a lot friendlier and, and, and everything else. So that, that, that plays some to it. But I noticed that he did that. And I, I would read his Facebook posts on a regular basis. I could tell that when he would, when he would pitch his product, I could tell that he had some sort of a, a, a semblance of a writing skill behind him. And the thing that, that over the years, I've hired a lot of copywriters and, and from guys like Ben Settle has written mm -hmm. a sales letter for me. And, and then now Carlos, which I haven't seen uh, his stuff yet. So uh, we're, we've still been going over the last couple of weeks, a few things. So, uh, But I've hired some real big guys to do copywriting and it's always been based on their actual, the way that they post on Facebook or in Ben Settle's case, the way that he sent me emails. That was the reason why I hired them. They, they practice what they preach. You know, there's, when you go get your hair cut, you ever go get your hair cut and the person that cuts your hair, their hair looks like shit. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of uncomfortable, right? But if yeah. you, especially for like the ladies, like when they see another chick and her hair is like really good and her hair looks exactly like how they would want their hair, they're like, hey, you know what? That's who I'm going to hit up to be my hairdresser. And I think as a copywriter, oftentimes you're that person with shitty hair that's cutting hair. And even though you might be the best hair cutter in the world, you're not really cutting your own hair. You're just kind of letting it be all dirty and everything else. And so people just assume that's what your work's going to be like too, when that's not true. Right. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, copywriters, they really do need to have their, 
their email autoresponder set up, like their Facebook posts, you know, things that they can do that not necessarily like a sales page, but so that we can see their style and everything. Cause that plays a big role in it too. I believe is like, is your, is Carlos's style that's close. Is he going to be able to match my voice? You know what I mean? Like some of these people that write copy, they, there's no way they can match my voice. They just don't talk like me or they're not alphas. So it takes different voices too. And so that's important is when people see the things that you're writing and not just your portfolio of sales pages, but your posts and your emails and everything else. Cause usually that's what comes along with it, right? You write a sales page and a few emails and some other stuff. It's usually like a package deal that you guys sell. So my best, uh, my best thing would be like, Hey, demonstrate results in advance by showing people how badass you are just at writing period. Right. So that's good. No, and then I know, I know personally, because I'm friends with Carlos, that that is one of his strategies. And he actually today, this morning, his, his episode of this uh, email marketing podcast went live. So if people are listening to this, which will be uh, several weeks ago when this goes live, they can go back to Carlos's episode where he talks about exactly what Ryan sort of uh, fell into, which was reading his, reading his posts and responding. Ain't that some shit. That's hilarious, man. See, and and like, we haven't discussed this. I mean, Carlos and I, obviously we get along, we're friends and stuff, but like, we haven't discussed any of that. So that's I had no clue he was on here (laughs) and I had no clue that if he was doing that intentionally, but it worked. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So they can go back and listen to that episode and and steal all Carlos's secrets. Now, when it comes to the actual (laughs) face, face to face, you know, discussion, because I go through this a lot. And and I'm a bit of a, I sort of went to the John Carlton school a little bit when it comes to negotiation. I guess I'm a little bit of a dick. I, I just kind of, I know what I want. I know what I'm worth. And I sort of just go for it. I know you're like that uh, too, Ryan, and from reading your books and, and talking to you. So maybe the people out there who aren't as confident because they're new, you know, they, they're maybe great at copy, but they're just not that good at uh, selling themselves to people either face to face or over Skype or whatever it ends up being. What are some of the ways that people should be you know, looking to close deals, like when, if they've never sold face to face, you know, which I highly recommend for anyone being a copywriter, of course, but you know, what are some of the skills and tactics perhaps, because uh, people love those for how they get these deals closed? Well, here's the key. We have, and, and maybe your preacher or your mother or your sister or somebody that's been a mentor in your life's told you that you got two ears and one mouth <laughs> for a reason. And they might've told you that's to talk less, but if you're going to talk less in the sales world, that means that you got to get somebody else to talk and fill up that dead air. Cause we hate dead air. It makes us uncomfortable. It's like blank spaces on a page. It makes, you know, a copywriter uncomfortable. And so the, uh, the key is to ask questions. And so, you know, one of the most powerful questions is what made you decide to reach out? And most copywriters are like, Hey, what's your budget and everything else. And, and like, we can get to that later. First, we've got to extract what they want from this copy. Are they using it to, attract customers to convert leads? Are they using it to make sales? Are they using it to build bonding and trust? Are they going to put it attached to a VSL? What is the, who is the person they're going to do it for? Like we have to answer all the, ask all these questions so that when the time comes right and the copywriter asks for the business, the person's like, Hey, you know what? They understand this. And you know what? I agree that they're charging the right amount of money because this person actually gets it. Even if it's more than usual, you know, I hire Ben Settle. Copywriters cheaper than that guy out there. And but the fact was, he understood exactly where I was coming from, was able to capture my voice and ask me, if, despite my patience, a million questions when I first talked to him. So, uh, and I think that's key. And, you know, I've got a, a friend, Dexter Abrahams is his name on Facebook. And, uh, you know, same thing with him. They've had, we've gone through some copyright and stuff. And his whole thing is like, it's four hours of interview that you have to go through with somebody. That's very important because... Uh, I can attest to this. It's like I have a mountain of of questions I like to ask people too, because you really got to get into the heart of why people would want whatever it is you're selling 
and and perhaps for people with established businesses of a very important thing is like who's already who are already your customers? What, who are these people? And I know you have, you have a big, like you said, a membership sites and so forth. And you have a ton of products now that you've developed over the years. When you first got into doing the, doing the products, uh, did you do your own copywriting or did you go out and find somebody? Uh, well, Ben's the only person that I've hired for a sales letter ever until right. Carlos now. Right. Uh, both on the same product, by the way. It hmm. just uh, needed to be a little little updated. Because uh, it was a few years ago. I don't even think you can hire Ben anymore. I don't think you could hire him when I hired him. I just. Uh, <laughs> he did an event with him or something, I think, right? Yeah, I did. I had to do that in exchange, too. That was part of it. Uh, but so I have hired a few guys over the years to write email follow up sequences and stuff. But for the most part, all this time, I've written it myself, man. All the content you see, all the blog posts, everything else, like that's all. You know, it's like Drake says, came up, that's all me. <laughs> uh, but recently, as I've learned, but I've always been a control freak, and I felt like I wanted to master the shit before I passed it on. And and so now I'm feeling like, and I don't mean mastery is like I'm a master copywriter, but I like, I get it. I've done well with it. I've made millions of dollars with it, so I can pass it on to professional without my ego getting in the way, right? Right. No, I think I think uh, I think I heard Dan Kennedy say this one time that actually his best customers for his copywriting services were Pete were copywriters were people who were capable of writing it, but just either, you know, chose to delegate for the reasons you're outlining here or because they thought Dan could do it maybe even just a little bit better, but faster perhaps, you know, uh, for reasons. Or and, he's trusted. You yeah, know or he's he, trusted. Like, hey, this guy can write as good as I can. He's hired, you that's know, right. that's right. So that's, a, that's a very important thing to sort of, uh, have in, in the front of mind. Now, when you see people selling, cause in just in general, not necessarily copywriters, but face to face selling, I know you were in the mortgage industry previously and so forth. And people, you run a massive Facebook group of uh, sales professionals. What are some of the things you see where people making mistakes just with their sales approach? You know, there's a couple of things. There's a, uh, that people, that pe- you know, there's always like the buy my shit guy. Right. And, and by that, I mean, there's always like that one dude that like sends you a link and, or, or like sends you an example. I remember that there was a dude that forever would come and hit me up and he would be like, hey, I was on your sales page. And, you know, I know that if you did this, you'd probably increase your conversions. Like, dude, like my ego's in the way of that shit. Like you went to my sales page <laughs> and you're over here telling me my shit ain't right, man. That's like unacceptable, right? There could have been a totally. And I think a lot of copywriters do that. And, and this dude could have been way better than me. Right. But there's a, there's a better way about approaching it, you know, because a lot of us, especially us, we're us content creators, whether you're a copywriter or someone like me, that's really more of a blogger than anything else. And a, and a video person, man, that's like uh shit. That's our art. That's like telling Jay-Z that his song sucks. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, you might say, Hey dude, if we fucking did a remix, this song would be lit. Like that would be a better way of positioning that. You know what I mean? And so a lot of copywriters let that get in the way. The, the other thing is, uh, giving too much. <clears throat> now, I uh, can't remember the feller's name. Lawton Childs, right? Okay. And, and been in the copyright business. For a really extremely nice guy. And when I first got in this business, Lawton offered to help me do a lot of stuff. Hey, man, I really like your stuff. And I wasn't used to that yet. So I blew him off because he was offering way too much free stuff. I'm like, this guy's going to want my firstborn kid. One of you <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and I, I end up, and, and I still don't know the guy that well, but I end up like, you know, like disconnecting from him on Facebook and stuff at the time. This was years ago, but I still remember this because I thought, man, this dude keeps 
rewrite my pages and giving them to me. I can't use them because he's going to want something. He's going to hit me back and be like, that's 10% of your gross for the conversions or, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Now I realize he was, you know, now that I think about it, he's probably just a really nice guy. But at the time he was overly <laughs> nice. And I, I was like, dude, this is too, too, people don't do this shit kind of shit. You know what I mean? So right. you have to kind of walk that fine line. And that's why I think that the method I was talking about that you said Carlos does is really good because you're just demonstrating in front of everybody. You're not giving away your copy. You're not rewriting people's stuff. You're not judging their stuff. You're just proving that you're on your game about your own business. Yeah, I think that's one of the most powerful ways because then also, and, and you're good at this as well because of your content, you do the exact same thing. Your content goes out, you have a podcast, you, you blog constantly, you got Facebook posts and so forth. And that draws people to you. That, you know, Just what, like what happened with you and Carlos, you read his posts you see he's on his uh, game and then you contact him instead of having to go out and prospect and, or, or, you know, lots of people are so afraid of having to go out and they're afraid of the positioning angles uh, that puts them in for having to knock on doors or, you know, virtual doors even. And so just creating that content to, to demonstrate it is such a powerful thing because it just draws people towards you like a magnet. And uh, you're right. In my business, somebody can read a blog post and they can make a decision like, Hey man, this guy knows his stuff. I uh, want to see what else he's up to or, uh, Hey, I'm, you know, whatever it's all right i already knew this right that's like the the, the decision that they're gonna make and uh, but i'm demonstrating what i'm talking about up front it's not like they show up and they're like i think this dude might be able to help me make funnels and sales and stuff like that but i'm not sure they know that when they show up in my stuff up front they know i got skills at that now when you first started you uh, created your first product whatever that was i'm not even sure you'll I'm sure you'll tell me in a second but that's this is a, one another thing that carlos when he you know his episode, he talks about this, how he's uh, built a Jeet Kune Do business off a of Facebook group. You know, by working in that business, that has helped him with his clients too for the copywriting because people see him demonstrating because he's running his own business. That's that's another powerful way to go about it. Now for you, when you first, uh, you know, were making a transition from actually doing sales to, to the online world and product creator and so forth, what was that like? Yeah, well, you know, like most uh, internet marketers, <laughs> I kind of had to go on that journey of figuring out what the hell I wanted to do. And I didn't have a lot of money. So it was easier for me to buy a, a digital program or a book and read it and do the stuff myself than it was to, you know, hire somebody else. I just didn't have the money uh, when I got started, right? The excess money to hire somebody like Carlos or Ben Settle, that that came obviously later on down the road for me. So, you know, but I do believe that, you know, practicing the stuff in your own business is uh, huge. Like you said, he has a, a side business, uh, Kondo that he that he's built up. And, uh, you know, in my business, I have side business, I have an alarm business, and uh, I have uh, several other businesses on the side as well that I operate like home flipping and real estate businesses and stuff like that, that people can see that I get to flex my sales skills in uh, every day. So that, you know, again, there's they see that we run the, the same thing across our sales training programs as we do our alarm program as everything else, real estate, it all, it all works congruent. I think that makes things strong too, because there's a lot of people out there that just say that they're, if you're a mindset coach or a personal development coach, this, I'm not about to talk to you or, but there's like a lot of get money coaches out there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, somebody like business consultants, marketing consultants that, that, that they have no credentials and they just like, uh, they're out there telling people to do all this stuff that haven't done it themselves. And I think that the people that stand out the most are the people that do things. And that's why I have five books and 800 blog posts and all this other stuff is pretty, uh, even if I had never done nothing in my entire life at this point with five books and 800 blog posts, I've done something, right? <laughs> right. You completed a bunch of stuff. Right. 
Well, Ryan, you know, you've given a, you've given a lot of content just on this very short uh, podcast. You're, you're awesome as usual. You're funny and, and very informative and you're inspiring for a lot of people, I know, because I know I've talked to other people about you and they find you inspiring. If people want to connect with you, if they want to avail themselves of your books and, uh, and your courses and so forth, what's the best way that people can connect with you? Two things. Sign up at hardcorecloser.com. That's my blog, man. I blog three to five times a week on there. We put out podcasts. We put out notes, like everything on that list. That's, that's the place to go. And like you said, you get a copy of Kick-Ass. Take names and email address and phone number. You get that book uh, in, in PDF form. If, uh, but just for signing up there on the blog. If, you, uh, if you're into reading, right? If you're looking at books, you want to read about sales, you can go to elevatortothetop.com and you can get my, my book. That's my free plus shipping offer. It's uh, $7.95 to buy in the book, mail it, send it out with a little gift and a package. Uh, so you can just sign up there. Elevatortothetop.com will actually send you out a paperback copy of, uh, of my book on sales. The one I talked about where I arranged all the blog posts and everything else, but definitely, uh, if you're not looking for a sales book, definitely get signed up at hardcorecloser.com because, uh, that's my main list. That's where I send all the emails out, all the latest stuff. And, and we do a lot of cool stuff and giveaways and stuff like that. So your people will love it. Awesome. Be calling me critiquing my writing and shit. Damn it. You're <laughs> copywriters. Oh, that's great. That's great. I want to really thank you for coming on and making time for our audience, uh, Ryan. You always deliver. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad to be back. So uh, I uh, appreciate that. You know, uh, there's only a few podcasts that are host or whatever. I know it's a different format, but there's only a few that I've, I've done a second time, but I really enjoyed the last time. So I'm glad this worked out again, man. Awesome, brother. You take care. And uh, for everybody listening, of course, we'll be back with another episode of the podcast next week with somebody hopefully half as hilarious and informative as Ryan. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.